1: I'm Marnie Hughes, and this is Missing on News Nation. Each week, we focus on a missing person case from across the country, taking you behind the headlines. Every missing person matters, no matter their background or past, race or circumstances. They're missed by their family, their friends, their community, and sometimes by complete strangers. It's our mission to bring these cases to light with the hope of finding answers and sometimes offering closure. And maybe you can help us solve some of these mysteries too. This is Missing. (sighs) Chelsea Grimm set off from San Diego on a cross-country road trip on September 24th. She was going to a wedding in Connecticut. Working as an artist and photographer, Chelsea planned to document her 2,800 mile road trip
2: through photos. She was spontaneous, she changed plans a lot. The magnitude of this adventure, quote unquote, of driving across the country was a lot, even for Chelsea.
1: Chelsea had first planned on flying to Connecticut, but decided to drive to accommodate her new pet bearded dragon, Roz. Three days into the trip, her parents said she called and said she didn't think she could do the trip by herself and was going to camp for a few days instead before coming home. She arrived in Phoenix and met up with her sister as well as a friend. She was supposed to meet that same friend for lunch the next day, but canceled, arriving in Williams, Arizona instead. Chelsea was parked near a graveyard and War Memorial when she was stopped by a police officer responding to a call.
0: You doing all right? Yeah, I just was doing a photo shoot of the lost soldiers. They got a little emotional, so I'm I was so, crying before okay. I got back on the road. I was actually thinking of just camping for the night, but I wasn't really sure exactly yet.
3: Gotcha. Well, I didn't
0: plan to be here until sunset. Okay. Just hang out here
3: however long you want. Um, you're
1: good to go. Her parents said Chelsea's response in that call did not seem out of the ordinary
2: one thing that seemed very in the ordinary or in character was how i think she said i appreciate your compassion or something like that that sounded 110 percent like chelsea
1: the officer in that stop suggested safe places for chelsea to camp for the night she was spotted again by a woodcutter on september 30th camping in her car near ash Fork, arizona chelsea had told her parents she may not have phone service while she was camping but after not hearing from her for several days, her parents reported her missing on October 4th. Just one day later, her SUV, a white Ford Focus, was found abandoned on the side of the road with two flat tires.
2: She seemed to have left that car of her own volition in an organized way. It was locked. She had taken her wallet and, we think, her phone and her sleeping bag, among other things, along with the bearded driver.
1: Authorities have notified police in other states to be on the lookout for Chelsea. Her families also hired a private investigator.
2: There was two flat tires, was out on a dirt road. How far was the uh, body cam video where she was talked to by the police there to where the car was found? Did somebody interact with her? And then they drove down that road.
1: Her parents telling News Nation's Brian Enton they were hanging on to hope that someone would
3: recognize her with her pet dragon the chances of people recognizing Chelsea are at least sort of connecting the dots. If they see somebody with a bearded dragon, they're gonna take an extra look at that person.
1: Now, it's your opportunity to get involved. During our After the Show, we share the extended interviews and your questions, all in an effort to bring the missing home. Joining me now to talk more about Chelsea's disappearance, News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton. Brian, good to see you. I was glad to see that you were covering this case. You spoke with Chelsea's parents, you spoke with the private investigator. This is a real mystery, and there's some peculiar clues, um, starting with the timeline of events. I mean, you've got a young woman who was adventurist who was excited about this cross-country trip and then she decided to turn around what did you take away from your discussion with her parents as to what was happening with her in the days leading up to her disappearance
0: yeah uh thanks for having me marnie they didn't um seem to express that she was having any kind of like mental health issues that that they knew of um i think they felt like her trip You know, the fact that she was going to drive all the way across the country when she told them that she wasn't able to fly because the bearded dragging, I think they thought that was like, I don't know that that's such a good idea. It's kind of like it's a long way. I don't think you realize what you're getting yourself into. And I don't think they were that surprised when she said she was going to turn around because they they told me they were sort of already thinking like there's no way it's just such a long drive. Um, But there weren't really any red flags. I don't think that they noticed, at least that they told me uh, before her disappearance and that's one of the things that's so frustrating about this case I think is that there's really not that many clues I mean the car was found the two flat tires um the fact that her cell phone and wallet were not there, I think is hopefully a good sign because, you know, we've covered so many of these other kinds of stories where the cell phone and wallet are found, you know, with the car. And I don't know, that always strikes me as just it makes me more worried thinking like who would leave their cell phone and wallet behind. So right. perhaps she did take off on her own with her wallet and, and maybe have some kind of mental health issue that her parents just weren't aware of. We really just don't know at this point.
1: Right. Yeah. You think if somebody has the wherewithal to take those important things that none of us leave home home without, that they they weren't taken, right? It wasn't some sort of altercation that she left them behind. I want to play another portion of your interview with the parents. This is Janet Graham, Chelsea's mom, talking about sort of the timeline of events that led them to report Chelsea missing. Let's play that.
3: We last talked to Chelsea on the 27th in the afternoon, and she said, I'm going to camp for a couple of days, and so I'm going to be probably where I'm not going to have cell service and so for a couple of days we didn't even think about it again because she was she had told us she would be offline, and we knew she was in a you know in Arizona where the there are spots where it's not particularly well uh, good for communication. So it was after a couple more days after that that we started thinking this is too long for a camping trip and she should be back she should be somewhere where she can get in touch. And so on the 4th of October, we reported her missing. And on the 5th, they found her car.
1: Brian, leading up to finding her car on the 5th, Chelsea met with a friend. I believe she met with a sister. What did her parents say about those encounters, those interactions with people that she knew in the area?
0: Yeah, that was one of the things that I asked about was, like, did her friend express any kind of... um, you know, concern that she was acting weird. And the parents said no. And I asked to get in touch with the friend and that never, um, happened. It would have been nice to talk to the friend, you know, one-on-one, but the, but the parents said that the friend, um, like didn't have any concerns didn't say that Chelsea was acting weird at all. Um, and, uh, I, you know, the part of the story that I've also sort of thought is interesting, where where they said that Chelsea, uh, in the days leading up to her disappearance, tried to pay for something with euros instead of <clears throat> U.S. dollars, um, again, just made me wonder if maybe, I mean, she was having some kind of um, mental health issue, like, you know? Um, and and maybe just wanted to go off the grid. It's now been quite a long time. I mean, you'd think she would have popped up by now, but even though even though the parents said the friend didn't have any information that she was acting strange, I mean, there were some other reports of some kind of strange behavior. Yeah, uh, I've got
1: a question here. This is from Flipside Fission on YouTube. Thank you for watching and for your question. Did they say what caused the flat tire? Um, as you talked to the private investigator, do we know and she had two flat tires?
0: No, they didn't say just that it was two flat tires. And I'm just looking back at my notes. I think they were on the same on the right side. So it was two flat tires on the right side. The cell phone wallet and sleeping bag were gone. Um, there are a couple of, uh, or at least one other private investigator that's gotten involved in the case from what I'm told, in addition to the one that I initially spoke to. And from what I, I've been told, the police have been giving information to the private investigators, information that isn't necessarily public. So it seems like the police are open to outsiders trying to help with the case. Um, they, they've they just released such minimal information to us. Um, and, and the question about how the what caused the flat tires, they may know, but they haven't told us. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a good sign they're working with private investigators. Oftentimes they don't, they'd like to go on their own, Good question uh, from our viewer there. I have another question from Jay Ballou on YouTube. They're asking about phone pings and maybe she took a ride from someone. There's always digital evidence if she took her phone. Has that led to anything promising?
0: That's another really good question. I would imagine police have been looking into that. um, But again, it's not something that they've that they've released to us or that the private investigators have said anything about.
1: Okay, the pet bearded dragon. I had to look these up just to remind myself what they look like. I mean, it's a big lizard, it's very colorful. Was this a new pet of hers? And, and this could be a major clue in spotting her, at least according to her, her parents.
0: It was relatively new. I don't think she was aware that she couldn't fly with the bearded dragon initially, which is why I think she, her plan was to fly and then she switched to driving. Cause she didn't think she could uh, fly with the bearded dragon. It is an important clue because um, in addition to, you know, her wallet car, um, and the sleeping bag and cell phone uh, Not being with the car The bearded dragon was also not there So if she did take off On her own um, This this bearded dragon was apparently Very, very important to her That's why she was driving across the country It would make sense that she would take the bearded dragon with her So if, if people think they may see her i mean you may spot like a bearded dragon on her on her shoulder or she may be carrying the bearded dragon and one thing that was interesting to me with this marty is when we first did the story when i interviewed the parents um like a lot of people have bearded dragons like especially on twitter like that really caught people's attention um and uh you know i was happy to see that because i think it it's it's a part of the story that people are interested in i think helped sort of push it along you know more more eyeballs out there hopefully
1: well certainly I mean if you put somebody who looks like Chelsea together with this this bearded dragon this big lizard I think it's it's going to be a major um, major point for people to, to keep an eye out for she also had a tattoo where was the tattoo do we know what the tattoo is?
0: It's a good question. I have to go back and look. I don't, um, I know that, I think that's a picture of it there. You can see it on her wrist. I don't know exactly what it's of, but it's, it's, it's sort of on the, um, inside part of her wrist. So that's something else that, uh, I guess Ivy actually, I'm, I'm looking at your, um, at uh, your notes there.
1: Yeah, it looks a like, like a vine, ivy vine with ivy. Yeah, when leaves yeah. kind of wrapped around her wrist. Um, what about? Yeah,
0: so that's also something that people would hopefully notice.
1: Yeah, distinguishable. What about her past? I mean, was traveling cross-country, road trips, camping, something that she often did? What her parents say about that?
0: I don't think she had been on a road trip to this extreme, but her parents did say that she was very, very adventurous. Um, And so it wasn't like uncommon that she was going to camp out or that she was kind of doing this, like that she sprung this on them, that she was going to drive with the bearded dragon. They said she had this adventurous spirit. Um, And that's another reason. You know, initially they didn't uh, report her missing right away because they thought, well, she might be camping out in an area where there's no cell phone service. And we've seen this um, in other cases that we've covered. You know, it's like with young people, they go on these road trips and, you know, the the parents don't just automatically jump to conclusions that the worst has happened. I mean, you give it a a little bit of time to see, you know, maybe she'll pop into cell range, shoot me a text. So they were not initially um, that worried Um, but then at some point they were like, you know, it's, it's unlike her to to go off the grid for this long. Um, and then it was the next day that her SUV was found with the flat tires. Um, so, you know, that's when they, they really, really got worried. And I really felt for those parents just because, um, they're, I mean, you can imagine what they're going through. I mean, not knowing is just awful. Um, and they're just hoping um, that she, you know, even though they don't suspect she was having any kind of mental health issues, they're hoping that she just, you know, took off on her own and is hiding out somewhere. You know, they don't they don't want to think the worst in terms of like someone abducting her or the possibility of her taking her own life, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no. And, and I think some of the things that she took with her gives, I would imagine, the family hope. And for all of the families of missing loved ones that we talk to on a regular basis, it's the not knowing right? That is the worst. It's now been more than a month since they reported her missing. I want to play Brian a portion of that body cam video when she encountered the officer. This was near that cemetery where she was taking some photographs. Here's a part of
3: that. Hello! Hello. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you doing all right?
0: Yeah. I just was doing a photo shoot of the Lost Soldiers and got a little uh, emotional so I was so, crying before okay. I got back on the road. I was actually thinking of just camping for the night but I wasn't really sure exactly yet.
3: Gotcha. Well, I didn't you,
0: plan to be here till sunset.
3: Okay. Just hang out here however long you want Um you're good to go. Awesome. It's a
1: pretty non-eventful um encounter right there, nothing out of the ordinary, but her parents watched that. What'd they tell you about that engagement with the officer?
0: Agreed with with what you're saying. They didn't pick up on anything out of the ordinary. They said it sounded just like her. They actually um, sort of smiled and they told me, you know, how polite she was um, with the officer that and, and compassionate that that was like her personality to a T. So again, something that kind of frustrated them it's like here's another piece of um, video a piece of information that that came out but it really to them didn't um, really lead to any clues about what may have happened it didn't it didn't strike them as odd at all the way she was talking or and she didn't sound especially upset it, it seemed just just like her they said
1: it was also um it caught my attention she encountered a woodcutter at some point in this this area of Arizona it's sort of near I'm looking at a map. Coconino County is north of Sedona, north of Prescott, pretty north of Phoenix. This woodcutter, I'm I'm assuming that means like a lumberjack. I I don't know what a woodcutter exactly is. But what was the encounter with this person? Who were they? Um, Anything strange about that for the family?
0: So it's actually not uncommon, I've learned, for like woodcutters to be working in that area. It is kind of like a lumberjack. And I've learned... um, I mean, there's reports that now that it wasn't just one woodcutter. There may have been other woodcutters that also saw her. And uh, again, uh, you know, sort of in a frustrating way, they, they didn't have any information, at least that we know of, that really helped figure out what happened to her. Just the fact that they saw her. Um, camping with her SUV there. It was near Ashford, Arizona. That was around September 30th when the report from the one woodcutter came in. I don't know the exact time frame for the other woodcutters who saw her, um, but I think she probably kind of stood out in that area. I don't think that there were other people camping around. Um, so I think when they saw her, you know, camping gear and her SUV there. It's something that that they remembered and then were able to report to to the police.
1: Have police, the family, the private investigator searched on foot? Have they taken dogs out to the area where her car was seen?
0: Yeah, they have been out there. I'm not sure about dogs, um, but I know at least two of the private investigators have been out there, have been interviewing people. That's how um, we found out that there was more than one woodcutter who spotted her. Um, But... There hasn't really been any significant information to come from that, at least that they're releasing. Again, I know that the police have been open to um, at least one of the private investigators and, and providing some information to them that isn't necessarily public. So there could be more behind the scenes. But I think if there was something really important that could help push the investigation forward i would hope the police would have released it by now and they've just been really really quiet about the whole thing Mm
1: -hmm. one thing brian i listened to your interview with the private investigator and when the two of you talked he indicated that they had uncovered some clues but he wasn't able to share at that time specifically what those may be has anything come of that in the last few weeks any update on on that front
0: no specifics with the new clue. Some of that, I think, was the fact that there were other woodcutters who had seen her. It wasn't just the one because police released that it was just one initially. Um, but that was really the extent of the new information that, that we've been able to get. I know that they've been talking to other friends of hers, trying to um, get a handle more on, you know, what she may have been going through in that moment. I mean, you know how it is with your parents like you sometimes put on... Um, you know, like uh, when when you talk to your parents, you try to make it seem like everything's OK sometimes when when maybe it's not. And, and you may, you know, be telling friends some more personal things that you don't want your parents to worry about. So I know that they've been really trying to dig in deep into other people who had, had talked to Chelsea. Um, but again, none of that has been released at this point, which um You know, which is kind of what's been frustrating about covering the story. It's like you want, you know, new nuggets to come out to kind of help push the story forward. And uh, it's just kind of been quiet.
1: There just haven't been. I would think they would probably be looking into like cameras at gas stations in the area. I mean, do we know much about this area? Is it is it pretty desolate?
0: it is pretty desolate there are a couple of gas stations i was looking at google earth so they're certainly looking at um at cameras and like one thing that i keep thinking about i mean police haven't said that they believe there's foul play which you know in other cases they will come out and say that if there's something that they come across they haven't said that in this case so i i I just keep going back to i think the hope is um and we've this has happened before you know where people have some kind of breakdown and um you know, just sort of disappear for a while. And that's certainly possible in this case. I think that's probably what her parents are clinging on to. Um, but I'm glad we're still doing the story because, um, you know, just because there's not some crazy sign of foul play doesn't mean that it's not an important story and that, you know, there might not be something there, there still could be something nefarious that happened here. We, we just don't know.
1: Right. And sometimes you have people come forward. I mean, they're adults who go off the grid for their own reasons and will contact law enforcement and say, am I okay? That hasn't happened in this case, which leads her parents to believe that that something else has happened and and they're holding out that hope. Um, The Coconino County Sheriff's Department is the one to call and we've got that number. Uh, Finally, Brian, how's her family seem to be doing? And it's been a couple of weeks since you spoke with them. We're now more than a month since she was reported missing. How did they seem Uh, their level of concern right now, um, just in regards to everything they're facing?
0: I think like with other families in this situation, they're clinging on to hope. I mean, you know, every day that she's not found is harder in some ways, but then you still have the hope that you know, that she's going to be um, found alive. And and you made a really good point, like in other situations where people have just wanted to go off the grid, sometimes they'll want to stay off the grid, but they will just like show up to a local police department somewhere just to sort of like let people know since they know that their story's been on the news. And this one thing that is good is, you know, not a lot of other, I don't really know of any other Actually, there was one other, I think we're the only network that's really covered the story. There was one other story I saw on one other network quickly, I think because of the bearded dragon, it got some Mm -hmm. attention. But the good news is it does appear to be... um, like gaining a lot of um, attention online uh, with you know a lot of the um, the people that follow the missing stories and this and the cyber sleuths and that kind of thing. I've seen a lot on Twitter, so I think that also gives the parents hope that it's not like everybody's just forgetting about Chelsea and you know going to stop looking for her. So every time someone shares it online or we do the story, I think that that um, obviously you know helps the parents out.
1: Yeah, Brian Enton, thank you as always. It's good to see you. I'm I'm glad that we're covering this case together and and keep us posted. I know yeah. you're in you're in touch with the private investigator. Every missing person matters, no matter their background or past, race or circumstances. It's our mission to bring these cases to light. If you have a case you think we should be looking into, Submit it to newsnationnow.com slash missing. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Marnie Hughes. This is Missing.